0: Thank you for tuning into a podcast in our series, Real Life. Stay tuned for an inspirational exploration of dynamic experiences and insightful reflections on the highs, the lows life presents. TBS Now Radio brings you engaging content no matter where you are listening to this stream. Don't touch that dial as you journey with our presenter and guest today. Remember, this is a real-life podcast stream coming to you from TBS Now Radio. Stay with us as we uncover faith-based principles and practical ways to make a success of life.
1: Welcome to Real Life with Femi Bioy. My guest today is Dr. Godwin Yomi Adibite. Dr. Adibite is a general practitioner and partner in a surgery in Cambie, Ireland in Essex, UK. Dr. Adibite is a specialist educator with Alpha Foundation, which is a charitable organization that looks into increasing the awareness of TTP. TTP is a blood disorder, um, also known as thrombotic, thrombocytopenic, purpura. He is a trustee of many charitable bodies both in the United Kingdom and Nigeria including Hope Alive Trust which operates in Nigeria and is registered in the UK. Hope Alive Trust provides healthcare and training in health related services on a charitable basis and also on a very, very low fixed entry cost base, which is providing access to healthcare in the third world. Dr. Adibite is married with children and lives in Essex in the UK. Dr. Adibite, it's a privilege to have you with us on Real Life with Femi Ibuwayi.
2: Thank you very much, um, good evening everyone or good day wherever you are nice to nice to um, be here on this lovely channel
1: thank you so much for accepting our invitation so I'd like to ask you a first question please tell our audience about your early life where were you born and what was family life like
2: right I was born um, a few years ago in Ibadan Nigeria um, western part of Nigeria and um, life uh, my early life we lived in Ilorin for many years and um, we were actually living in Ilorin when I was born and my parents decided to um, go to Ibadan where they have a specialist center to deliver me um, simply because they felt it was um, they will get better service there let's put it that way um, I grew up um, with five sisters and I was um, the youngest, so you can imagine how that was. Very lucky. Yes, yeah, very lucky. Actually, I felt very special and um, I had lots of family, um, extended family, cousins and all that, that lived with us as well. So it was a lovely experience, you know, um, growing up at that time and in that um, in that area, laurie is a very quiet um, um, civil service states. let's put it that way. So it was a wonderful experience. Um, I went to primary school. One of the best schools in Ellering at the time was um, the University of Loring, um Primary School. They used to call it staff school at those days, um, which was a lovely experience. And I went from there to secondary school in Federal Government College, Ellering, another great unity school. Um, so I had good schools. I had the best of education as at that time, what was available. Um, FGC Learning was a great uh, experience. Lots, I met lots of people, made lots of friends, had lots of experiences as well, you know. <laughs> um, what we call bullying nowadays, um, those days was the norm for us, you know, and that's, we were experiencing that like, uh, like it was normal. You know, uh, and I tell my children nowadays, ah, these things I went through, if you guys go through it now, you say it's bullying is affecting your <laughs> mental health and all those things. You know, but it was normal then and it was a good experience. It developed us, you know. um so eventually. It made you
1: resilient. It made us resilient, yeah. So when you say uh, bullying, what exactly? What Give us an example of how that bullying manifested itself.
2: Okay, so bullying, it used to be called fagging those days, you know, or just, you know, seniority, nothing, nothing fantastic like bullying and all that. Um, so for example, your food, you come, you know, in boarding school, you have provisions, there was things we used to call paco, which is um, cabin biscuits. Um, I'm not sure if it's still... It is still available, I think, when I go to Nigeria. Angari. Sometimes I still see it. Angari, you know, Kulikuli, Nido, you know, Nido uh-huh. Milo, Nilo. Cow and gate, you oh, know, oh. those things. Um, okay. And then you have everything packed for you nicely by your parents. When you come to school, you hide them in your locker, your suitcase. And the seniors just come and say, okay, open it for me, you know. Open let me see what you have. And then you show them. Say, okay, can I have some? You give me some. And then you try and give them. When they ask him, in, in, uh, it's give him me him. some. Not can I have some? Actually, <laughs> it's give me. It was yes, they're demanding it, and you cannot say no. So your best bet is to try and give a generous amount. You know, and uh, I remember this particular occasion, and this this senior asked me to open my my cabin. As far as I was concerned, I wasn't ready to launch it. We call it launch in those days. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I wasn't ready to launch it, so I felt a bit you know violated, but I had to. And I launched it for him, and um, and then the, it had three rules, you know. If you remember it very well, it had three rules. Um, so I took out some of the of one of the rules for him. He said, "What is this?" I said, "For you." He said, "No." I, was, I said, "Okay, let me add some more." So I gave him some more, almost the whole rule. And he said, "Okay, put it aside." The milk, the sugar, and all those things. When I gave him everything, I put everything aside. So he said, "So this is for for who?" I said, "For for you." He said, "No." Let me have the rest. You have the one that you gave me. (laughs) For the rest of the time. For the rest of the time. So that was what I had, what I had given him. And then he had everything. And what I was hoping to eat over weeks to months, you know, he ate everything in one sitting. (laughs) What effect did that have on you? Oh, of course I was bitter. You know, at that point, you know, as a child, you're like, someone is eating my food, you know, it was bitter and all that. Uh but the bitterness soon mm, wears off, you know. You it doesn't last because this thing before you know it, something else has even happened, you know, and you, you get used to it, you know, and then it's not just you. Did it toughen you up? Oh, it did. It did. You get resilient, actually. That's it. You you get toughened up, you get streetwise, you know, you get in love, you know, you now know ways of hiding it somewhere else, you divide your provision into two. This is the one you show them, and then you have some other stuff somewhere else, you know. So lots of things. A lot of a
1: lot of my audience will be able to identify with what you're talking about. That's right. Because whether it manifests itself in school or in another aspect of uh, life, uh, there are bullies everywhere. That's right. Mm. How did you get into medicine as a career?
2: Right. um, I got into medicine as. in trying to fulfill my parents wishes basically that's well, the easiest way to i to was told it. to be you have to be a doctor and that was it i wanted ordinarily to be um, an engineer um in those days you know parents uh, there are just very few few um careers every parent wants every child to be you know is either a doctor a lawyer um um an engineer uh, an architect or or you know, very very few specific things. And some families, everybody is a lawyer. Some families, everybody is a doctor. Very very few families, you see, other people, um, having other professions. So that was yeah, I was told that. And um, so, whose
1: children are the drivers and the
2: cooks? They, they, nobody wants their children to be that. Unfortunately, want nobody, that? Everybody wants yeah, but eventually, you know, things just work out in different ways. Um, The truth is the fact the world cannot survive with everybody being in one profession, you know, everybody different professions need to be filled with different people. But I think now things are a bit different. People have choice, you know, people can decide, you know, the generation we have now can decide what they want. Unlike we, we didn't have much of those choices, you know, those days. What obstacles did you
1: face and how did you overcome your professional obstacles?
2: Right. Okay. Many obstacles. Um... One is actually getting into university you know that was um, to study medicine was a difficult thing and a, a challenge. you know I got into ABU's area um to study medicine wasn 't easy because that 's right <laughs> thank you there's the um, the quota system you know that was operating in Nigeria at the time, and um, basically what that meant was that um, people needed to to um, each state needed to to be um, given equal opportunities sort of you know to to come in whether they pass or not it doesn't really matter so it meant the competition was more especially if you're coming from the southwest where people many more people were studying but luckily god being on my side i got into abu and um, whilst there different challenges you know and um, even at that you know we we had all sorts of um unrest and it dragged on for so long almost you know looking like forever um the course that was supposed to take me six years eventually took me about 10 years you know because we had ASU strike which unfortunately i had that still happening now um there was a time we're actually at home for 14 months straight
1: how did you motivate yourself how did you keep yourself um focused on your course with all those disruptions
2: Ah, it was difficult. You know, sometimes, yeah, by the time you get back to school, you've forgotten, you know, what it was all about. But I think, like, the 14 months one, I said, I was already in clinicals then. So what I did was to go into um, hospitals. Um, So I went into hospitals in Lagos those days, you know, to... Just learn a bit more so you get some experience and things like that, and that, really helped. Yeah, that really helped. Yeah, that's really, of course, it was free, but it, it really helped me, it kept me going, vocational, and things like that. Vocational, work. Vocational, that's right, yeah, which gave experience as well, which is really, really good, yeah. Do you have a coach or a mentor? Um, <clears throat> no one in particular, um, but many people influenced my life in various ways. Um, one is uh, my kept my focus on God all this while and he has been keeping me you know I'm bringing people my way that have really helped um, <clears throat> there's a book I read about a man called uh, Dr. Ben Carson uh, he's an American a black American and um, recently actually I think he contested for the presidency of America um, but at th- those days he was a, a very a genius basically he was a genius at that time he wrote a book called gifted hands and that really inspired me, you know, I thought, woo, this is a black man like myself, you know, he could do this. He was a neurosurgeon, not just a neurosurgeon, but a world renowned neurosurgeon. He was really good in um, surgeries and things like that. And I thought, woo, I want to be like this man, you know, and that was one of the things that inspired me. And again, he came from just an humble background, you know, but he was able to achieve so much. So I thought, oh, I could do this. Um, many of my seniors and colleagues as well inspired me in various ways and I picked the things I like from different people and I sort of use that um, to, to sort of guide me, you know. And um, of course, you know, there are so many things that um, one will think of, uh, but a few things that my mom, you know, used to say and I remember that were well, honesty, humility, you know, those were values, you know, that... Um, she imbibed in me and i think that's helped me so much honesty oh. humility loving other people you know yeah. and being ready to help you know okay. and i think that's helped me in a long way fantastic
1: what Thank steps are you, you taking to keep your family safe in the pandemic we are currently in the um, covid 19 <coughs> second phase of the pandemic and, and there's another question um, uh, what should the nhs do to prepare better? for a future unprecedented health emergency like the pandemic that we're seeing with COVID-19?
2: Wow. Okay so I think um, the first part of the question about keeping myself and my family um, safe I think it's all down to God really you know we we all do the normal hand washing, sanitizer, mask you know social distancing and all that but eventually It all boils down to God, really. Um, And the most important thing for me and my family is Psalm 91. I don't know if you know about that. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I taught my children, I said, listen, every morning you have to say this when they were still going to school. Um, Interestingly, myself and my wife, the kind of job we do, we're still going out every day um, during the lockdown. So it meant we were still exposed, you know, to things and and all that. So we really needed to, apart from doing the usual and normal things, we needed to have something like a backup. And every morning we were reciting that religiously, you know, to to get that cover, um, and that has been very helpful.
1: Um, so meditating on, on
2: meditating and on yeah. the word of God. That's right.
1: That's, 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 that's right. great. In addition to so, as a as a um, as a doctor. Yes, right. Um, a health practitioner and also a man of faith. That's uh, right. Because now you've introduced Psalm ninety-one into the <laughs> conversation. What is the issue with people and conspiracy theories about vaccines? Uh yeah. Especially say- I'm especially interested in the connection. How did they connect 5G with COVID nineteen?
2: i i think um conspiracy theorists are, will always exist they've always existed and they will continue to exist people don't like change and i think that's uh that's something inherent on in us as human beings not just blacks but in us as human beings generally change is a difficult thing now, once change comes, the main thing people do is defense. You know, you become defensive, and that's what many people do. And in becoming defensive, you start to find connections. You start to, you know, think of things that can, um, that could possibly be, you know. And then people start to dream up things. People start to, um, to, to, to connect things that may not even look connected naturally. Um, I mean, we've had different things with regards to polio vaccine, you know, um, there were lots of conspiracy theories and in uh, the whole world actually eradicated polio many years ago, but for Africa and specifically Nigeria and more importantly, Kano state. That was only just eradicated just a few years ago because of this conspiracy theory. The same thing with measles mmr vaccine even up till today some families have refused to give their children so there will always be theories you know and then people thought oh well this is happening about the same time you know as the 5g is there a connection or uh, or oh, someone had predicted this will happen many years say, ago so there there is um,
1: there are pastors yes. and evangelists both in the United States and particularly in Nigeria.
2: There's yes.
1: a well known um, minister in um, Nigeria who distributes books all around the world who made 5G a big issue. Hmm. And it's led to very, very, very radical behavior um, responses from people. And some of those theorists even in this country have set fire to um, open rich property yeah because of the, the the fear. that's so right. what, what what's going on there
2: honestly I, I don't think it's right um they don't have any basis for this you know they join dots together which and try to connect things that are not really connected the truth is um um <clears throat> i'm, 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 I'm I try to say I know a bit about the Bible. Let's put it that way. And in reading through the Bible, if you try to relate it, you know, it's not as they make it look. You know, they pick a few parts of the Bible and use it to justify what they want to justify. Um, I I mean, I'm not naming names. I'm not saying anything like that. But what I'm trying to say is we need to be very careful in relating these things. Um, 5G is a way of is basically an upgrade from what we've been using before you know um for t- um, internet for telephone and things like that and the trouble is we are here arguing about 5g faster faster
1: it's faster yeah speed.
2: but they've moved on bigger, they're thinking state, of
1: bigger saturation of um uh, data of data Receptors.
2: That's right, sir. But I believe right now they're working on six G even when we are still arguing about five G and four G, you know. So, so
1: the, the G's are getting they are getting more and
2: more, more and more. Now I I have a friend that you three years ago or so told me they were working on five G then. Three or so years ago, you know. So they've done these things ahead. Um there will be conspiracies, but I don't think we should um dwell too much about that and bringing religion into it of course people get a bit anxious once it comes to religion but i don't think it is if you read the bible very well those connections people are trying to make are not really there covid vaccine came as a pandemic which is a scientific thing it was predicted that it will happen it has happened it has happened before 1918 it happened these same conspiracies were there then as well you know and it's all gone and I'm sure this will go as well.
1: We're going to go to a break, Dr. Adibite.
2: Okay. And we're
1: really enjoying your perspectives and your answers. And when we come back, we're going to look more about um, your work, um, your career, the, the different dynamics that are work there. Um, you've been listening to Real Life with Femi Bio And my guest today is Dr. Godwin, you are me, We're going to a break. Please, whatsoever, whatever you do, do not change the dial. Stay with us.
0: Thank you for tuning into a podcast in our series, Real Life. Stay tuned for an inspirational exploration of dynamic experiences and insightful reflections on the highs, the lows, Life Presents. TBS Now Radio brings you engaging content no matter where you are listening to this stream. Don't touch that dial as you journey with our presenter and guest today. Remember, this is a real-life podcast stream coming to you from TBS Now Radio. Stay with us as we uncover faith-based principles and practical ways to make a success of life.
1: Welcome back to Real Life with Femi Bioy. My guest today is Dr. Godwin Yomi Adigbite. Dr. Adigbite has been a delight uh, and he has um, really opened up some perspectives for us um, so far. So Dr. Adigbite, welcome back. Thank you. Uh, Dr. Adigbite, how would you think we should remember the sacrifice and the legacy of your colleagues from the NHS who have particularly suffered and in some cases, um, passed away in this pandemic.
2: Um, yeah, you're very right. Lots of people, especially people that have retired, you know, came back, you know, and, um, unfortunately, um, like you said, many have actually passed away. Um, some have not passed away, but were well, you know, um, and especially people from the Black, Asian, Minority, um, Ethnic Communities. Um, So, the best way I think we can appreciate this, you know, uh, um, their efforts or our efforts is um, one is appreciating not just the service itself but also the people and um, by that I mean not abusing the system, you know, people come, oh, I need this, I need paracetamol, I need every little thing that you can do on your own. You don't require everything from the NHS because the service is already overstretched and is the best service in the world, you know, healthcare service. Um, If we stretch it too much, we will kill it. And we won't want that to happen. So I think one of the ways we can actually appreciate people's efforts, you know, especially with regards to COVID 19, seeing all that has gone through, is actually appreciating the service and supporting the service. And being considerate. Being considerate. That's right, sir. Yeah, and, and not being abusive to the staff as well. Because it's one thing respect. to clap for the staff. Yes, respect. Sir. Uh, it's one thing to clap for the staff and then the next day they're abusing the whole you know, the, key
1: in their cards.
2: that's right so I, I think that's the best we can do um any other gestures are good but honestly i think these ones uh would bring about a lot of um um uh, encouragement for people because some people get discouraged you know along the way and think oh we did all this and then even with that this is what we get you know but if people are a bit more um Supportive, you know, and use the system uh, and the services reasonably, then um, I think we'll have NHS for a long time.
1: Do you think we should have a memorial like we have for the 9 11 victims for um, your colleagues and people, other allied staff in the NHS, who, and key workers generally, who are on the front line um, during the The early stages of the pandemic, and even until now, um, should we have something to commemorate them like we did for the 9 11 um, uh, victims and their families?
2: I completely agree with you. I believe we should. Um, Reason being that this was a, a, a pandemic, it's never happened in our generation. You know, the last two, three generations, it hasn't happened. We're praying it does not happen in the next few generations again. Um, So it's worth remembering and, you know, um, marking it, you know, just like we mark um, arm forces, remembrance day and things like that is important. Um, One is appreciating the lives of those that have died, but even those that have not died, you know, uh, but have been through a lot, you know, trying to manage the system they need to be appreciated and it's not just nhs workers we're talking of all like you said frontline key workers that were working through at that time you know drivers train drivers bus drivers during the, the the peak of of covid were still working and some of them died you know in that process so i think it's worth um, remembering you know it, it's um, a great sacrifice and um, remembering and honouring it will make people even more proud to be part of the system and help um, whenever needed.
1: Do you think there should be um, more uh, deepening in diversity in the um, National Health Service? Uh, the, the reason for that is because when you look at the um, the rates... Mm of the impact, especially mortality, in the black, Asian, uh, minority, ethnic, frontline workers compared with the other um, population, the incidents are significantly higher. True. And the government has recognized this. The statisticians have uh, recorded it what do you think should happen to provide health care on a an equivalence basis?
2: I think a lot needs to happen um, what you 've described is absolutely correct you know and um, it 's proven it 's agreed there 's no debate about that um, but there's something called the um Iceberg phenomenon, you know, like like a triangle. Basically, at the base you see lots of people. At the base, that's where you find lots of BME community people, in especially in frontline jobs, whether it's in the NHS, in um, in the road transport, you know, or wherever it is. Now, as you go up towards leadership, yeah, the ivory tower. The, the, yeah, exactly, every <laughs> time it thins out, and then you only find. Uh, specs of BAMA community there. That on its own is a form of inequality. That on its own is uh, you, you don't see yourself. You don't see yourself high up there. You know, everybody thinks, oh, you should just remain down here. And that is a is problem. Is it an aspirational
1: issue or is this um, a, a glass ceiling?
2: It's more or less a glass ceiling. Okay. Yeah. If you will break through, but like we said, it's just a few. You know, um, it's, it's a struggle to go through that ceiling. Okay. Um, aspiration-wise, oh, many people are very aspirational. Many people want to be up there, uh, but it's just almost impossible. Okay. It was almost impossible um, for Obama to get to
1: where he, he, he did. That's right. And now we have a vice president that's Kamala right. Harris. That's so right. all things are possible. That's right. To them that believe. To them that believe. That's so right. I suppose so how do we get our um, your colleagues to believe?
2: I think the belief many people believe it's um the opportunity really being given the opportunity. So when um the opportunity comes there's a there's a role for a director or you know things like that, and people put in you know um, you, you you find situations where people put in and you know you 've got the qualification you've got you know compared to the other people and you you don't get the job that's one maybe your time is not right well that's the aspiration the time we want that time. Right. We want that time to be right now we want the time right to, now. we want it right now i like now. it i like your attitude
1: that's i like your attitude we look forward to seeing you at the top of the uh, on top of the glass ceiling that's right yeah <laughs> so dr David, the pandemic shows that nationality has an active benefit mm. in positive outcomes especially as We now see that depending on the country, you can have an issue where a particular vaccine becomes a problem vaccine with blood clots. And another vaccine that is produced in another country becomes not a problem, even though it has the same coincidences of blood clots. What is going on there? Is this politics, or is there really fire behind the smoke
2: um there's no fire behind the smoke um there's a bit of caution though, yeah, people are taking cautious um actions, which understandable because this is life you know you don't in the in the bit to treat something you don't want to make it worse you know um but there's a bit of politics there as well um so the facts. There are no facts in that, um, like what you're saying about the vaccine causing blood clots. They are not facts. There, there were occasions where, and I think it was about thirty-seven cases in Europe, of blood clots. Meanwhile, people have had close to, I think, about 17 million, thereabouts, have been vaccinated with that same vaccine. Between 11 and 17 million have been vaccinated, and we had only 37 cases. Now, that is too small. It's statistically not, yes, it's statistically not uh, significant enough to say that was caused. Because if you look at, on the other hand, people that have have not had the vaccine, and have had uh, blood clots, it will be about the same thing.
1: You know? Do you think this is um, the embers of Brexit at
2: play? Possibly. That's the political <laughs> political aspect of it. Possibly. <laughs> and a bit of, you know, some, you know, that comes up and some people that are conspiracy theorists take that up again and say, oh, you see, we said so, you see, and then it just snowballs into all that. And luckily, you know, this has been checked and even the European Union has come back now and said it is not the cost. They are sure they've, uh, they've, they've given all countries back the permission to continue using it. And it's a big setback though, because some people are now worried and scared. Okay, so Dr. Adibita. Yes. I want
1: to ask you a question about something that is very close to your heart. Hope Alive Trust That's right. Hope Alive Trust. Tell us about Hope Alive Trust, but much more importantly, how can health professionals channel or develop effective partnerships to help diaspora access innovations in healthcare vaccines on an equivalent basis as the wealthy nations? I want you to look. Especially at your work with Oprah Life Trust, tell us about that and what what you've been doing
2: okay Oprah Life Trust is a charity is a Christian charity based in the United kingdom um started a few years ago and um, has been running um how long ago um precisely uh, thinking from right is two thousand and nine okay. uh, which is just about twelve years ago now um and then, of course, it was conceived, and then took some time to, to kick off, as usual. But it has been doing marvelously well, you know, over the years, and it can only get better. Um, so it's been doing lots of health promotion in the United Kingdom and um, giving um, training and things like that. Um, but more importantly, abroad, what we've been doing is because there's not too much you can do in the UK with regards to healthcare because so it's sure free doing,
1: uh, abroad.
2: Abroad, what we do is visit different countries, but mainly we've been concentrating in um, Nigeria, um, and what we've been doing in different parts of Nigeria, but more importantly in Kwara State. Kwara State, we've been able to um, secure a piece of land which was given to the charity. Um, so, Kwara
1: State is in the middle of Nigeria.
2: Kwara State is in the southwest, sort of. Yeah, okay. it's sort of. It's not really middle belt. I think it's more of a southwestern part of Nigeria. Okay. So um, they call it
1: part of the north, northern
2: state. Yes, I think for political reasons they do that. <laughs> but politics yeah, is featuring everywhere. Not, that's America. right. Yeah. Um. So, um. The the interesting thing is that it's in Um Edophia. We've got a hospital in idofia which is um. It's a Muslim community in Kwara State. Um, it's on the main road, so which is the link between um, the south and the north. So most cars passing from there. And we've got a hospital which is, um, is a cottage hospital. Basically, it's got everything there. It's got a theatre. The Muslims where... let
1: you just put a missionary hospital in
2: their in the town town um well not exactly so it started by there's a, there's an orphanage there so there's a massive piece of land where the orphanage is on yes. and um they accepted the orphanage and all that and then when we said listen we want to have a small clinic here for the orphanage you know to be able to access and of course the people from the town can access it they did not see any problem with that it was healthcare anyway yeah so that was acceptable and um it's grown from a small cottage hospital to actually uh, the standard of a general hospital in, in Nigeria. Really? It is, yeah. It's got a fully-equipped um, theatre. It's got uh, male wards, female wards, outpatient department. Um, pharmacy. It's got, it's got a pharmacy. It's got a laboratory. It, it's got everything, really. Um, it's got the accident and emergency part of it in case of road, like I said, on yeah, the main lots road. lots
1: of... Um... Fatal accidents in, that happened in, there, in, yeah, in Nigeria. in
2: Nigeria, yeah, unfortunately, uh-huh. you know, and interestingly, the road tra- um, Federal Road Safety Commission, you know, and uh, they've actually put a, 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 one of a their station. stations right in front of the hospital okay. because they, that helps them to sort of bring in people that have had accidents on the road bring them to the hospital and it's been doing a fantastic um, um, service to the people. That's um, close to nothing, really. Definitely any accident um, victim is treated um, free. And then um, the cost of things, they're quite, quite reduced. Not what you get in even government hospital or, or private is hospital. Is it
1: self-funded uh, or is it sponsored by the government?
2: There's no government sponsoring, Not a dime has been gotten from government. It's all been self-funding from um, partners, from trustees from well-wishers, people that just say, oh, you're doing all this, we'll give you a penny, we'll give you, you know, this, we'll give you that, and that's how we've been funding it. Um, We've been able to get many of the equipment from the UK, transported to um, Nigeria, and um, goodwill, basically, we've gotten lots of goodwill. Um, So apart from the medical outreach, which we do every year, we we actually go every year around Easter time to have uh, medical outreach, for at least one week uh, and during the outreach we do outpatient treatments, we do my, um, day surgeries for patients, um, we do um, training for medical staff, There's doctors, nurses and all that, we do um, CPD courses for them, which is mainly things like um, basic life support and um, and for the federal road safety the police the army and all the forces we do trainings for them as well already Uh,
1: involved in government
2: well not government it's still (laughs) charity it's all charity not no government funding there we're actually doing this free of charge for them and we train them we give them certificates um we've actually developed a course or a program called first responders which helps them you know to because they are non-medical people you know uh, that this um they call people and when they see an accident victim is to be able to keep the accident victim safe and alive till they get them to the hospital yeah, stable so we train them on all those um and then we've got the youth part of it which works with young people you know in schools and universities and things like that help them to sort of progress in life you know um so how does
1: um... uh, anybody who is in the audience listening now and they really like what they're hearing, how can they support you?
2: Oh, so many ways. One is with prayers. We need a lot of prayers. Unfortunately, last year we couldn't go because of COVID. And we were actually about to travel when the lockdown came in. Um, so yes, we need prayers. We need funding. Of course, like I said, it's all self-funded. Um, we've got a website um, where it's hopealifetrust.org. Hope yeah. Org. And people can go on there. People can donate on there. People can say, "Oh, listen." Uh, at some point, some pharmacists said, "Oh, listen. We don't have money to give you, but we've got medication. We'll give you so much medication. We'll deliver it to Nigeria for you, which was perfect." So people can come in different ways. People give us old clothes and say, "Listen, I've not worn these clothes for six months. You can have them, or for a year, you can have them." We we'll give them to the orphanage. We we'll give them to widows. We have rehabilitation like,
1: center. That's as well. right. Okay. Yeah, fantastic. So, how much longer do you think we can continue complying with lockdown without harming our mental health? Hmm. Do you think we will ever be able to discard face masks at any time this year?
2: Hmm. Well, I think let's start by saying, thankfully, lockdown is coming to an end. We now have a plan, the Prime Minister and the government's giving us a plan of coming really lockdown. We're praying it will, all things being equal. Um, The plan is to immunize most people that need to be immunized, you know, um, by summer. And hopefully that means we can come out gradually. Um, So I'm hoping, unfortunately, it has already affected many people's mental health, you know, lack of freedom, lack of, you know, the fear and all those things. It has, but people are getting better by the day, you know, and I think that would, there is a long process, you know, to, to, Undo all the harm that's happened, you know, with this thing. Uh, but I think we will get there. Uh, with regards to the face mask, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> face mask this year, um, we can, but honestly, should we? I think that's where we should be looking at. Should we? I would say we shouldn't. And the reason being that this um this thing has the impact this has had you know i think we shouldn't rush too much to say oh yeah it's all gone now we've got the magic bullet it's a virus a virus difficult to handle so i I think to be safe i will say for the rest of this year at least we should still use masks. and i'll give you a reason why Uh, many years ago i think about five six years ago i traveled to australia with my family just on holiday And whilst we're traveling, you know, Australia so far, you have to stop at different um, airports and all that. And we noticed this, um, the Asians, Asians, yes. Uh, Some of them were, they looked like Chinese and all that, but they were wearing their masks. And, you know, my children were asking, why are they wearing masks? This was five, six years ago. Nobody knew anything about pandemic and all that. And I said, oh, you know, they they may, maybe some of them think the air is polluted or something. You know, I was just giving a reason, you know, because that was what I thought. But looking back now, I see the reasons that they've had a nasty experience. So we're all
1: going to be looking like post boxes. So I
2: suppose, at least for now, <laughs> for now, I think we should still continue with the mask, you know, um, at least till further notice.
1: Dr. Adibute, thank you very much. Um, we're going to go to another break. Um, you've been listening to Real Life with Femi Boye. My guest today is Dr. Godwin Yomi Adibute. Um We're going to a break and we'll be right back. Whatever you do, don't touch that dial.
0: You are tuned into a radio stream from TBS Now with Femi Ibiwaya. Inspirational, engaging, uplifting radio. Just, don't touch that dial.
1: Welcome back to Real Life with Femi Ibiwaya. My guest today has been fantastic. Dr. Godwin Yomi you're welcome back. Real life with Femi Bowie. Thank you very much. So, Dr. Bute, um do you want to give a shout out to anyone, your colleagues, your family, anyone important to you?
2: Yes. Um, oh, sure, definitely, lots of people. Um, but one is, I want to shout out to um, my darling wife. Um, without her. maybe i wouldn't uh, be where i am today um so she supported me of course apart from god you know um my wife is someone i would really love to shout out to um tell us a little bit about her how did you meet and
1: um just a
2: little bit okay so i think earlier on i mentioned to you that i stayed uh, 10 years in abu you know um one of the good things of that you know you find some good in every every bad situation one of the good things is that is that that was where i found my wife you know we met um in med school uh several years ago and um she's been a wonderful support you know we were (laughs) and uh, the rest is story now (laughs) it's history now um but yes so um she's been um, a lovely support um through the years in nigeria and then coming over to the united kingdom and um, she's produced some lovely children for us you know we've got two children a girl and a boy um so i want to shout out to them as well my children Thank you for tolerating me thus far. <laughs> They've not thrown me out just yet. So, <laughs> so yes. I think I it did, works the
1: other way around.
2: Well, they <laughs> don't think that way. <laughs> right. And to my other family members, you know, my sisters, um, my siblings, my um, cousins, you know, many of which we grew up together, my friends, you know, colleagues at work. Um... To Hope Alive Trust as well. You know, Hope Alive Trust has been a great part of my life, you know, since I um, joined the team. And um, I want to shout, a big shout out to them. They've been wonderful. And the founders, um, Dr. and Mrs. Da Costa, uh, I want to give them a big shout out. You know, um, God has been using them to do a great work, um, not just in the United Kingdom, but all over the world, and specifically in Nigeria, of course, and many lives, many lives have been touched. You know, hope has been restored to many people, um, and I think if we can have more of people like that, you know, and more of organisations like the Hope and Life Trust, the world will truly be a better place. Um, of course, more people like you, sir. Well, <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> Thank you, Doctor Digite, How do you relax? Oh so normally i like to swim i like to go on holidays i love to travel um i intend to go around the whole world actually at some point um so that's the way i normally relax unfortunately in the last 12 months we cannot do that due to covid of course so we've had to develop new ways of relaxing um even swimming i can't swim in the last one one year because of covid so, the
1: way the members of your family swim, do you all swim together?
2: Yes, my wife is a bit scared, but uh, the other members of my family swim. So, we get out to swim once in a while, you know. Yeah, but we all enjoy swimming together, you know, going for holidays and all that. Um, but since COVID, we've been walking, and that's really good. We've been walking, we do long walks on Sundays, we walk. We try and walk every sunday sometimes we miss it during the week as well we try and do that and it's a good um
1: in the uk you call it rambling isn't it yes so where <laughs> yeah. do you ramble around
2: um around the neighborhood we've got lots of forest and well not forest some uh, woods that we can go into yeah we've got woodlands, lots of them around and parks. and parks as well so that's really been a source of relaxation for us at this time and um, it's also a way that we bond together as a family you know we all just walk together talk you know um because it's been, it's been difficult, you know. And uh, like I said, we still go out to work, even though everybody else is locked what down. What about so Netflix that's and
1: uh, YouTube? Oh, and yes, yes. I enjoy
2: watching movies as well. So that is the, for night time. Sit down and watch movies. And um, We used to have movie nights every Friday night with the children. And that's a popcorn. good way of... With popcorn and all that. <laughs> Who makes the popcorn? Oh, my son is good at that. Yeah, he's the one in charge of, uh, you know, the supply. We call them supplies for the weekend. Um, so that's lovely. He's the supplier. He arranges everything. The mom organizes the buying. He organizes them for the evening, you know. And that's been a good way of relaxing. That's been a good way of bonding as well. Um, yeah, and I love to sing. Well, not that I have a good voice, but I love to, you know, sing good songs and things like that.
1: If you had a bucket list, Dr. Iguite, what would we expect to see on it
2: mm, bucket list
1: well nobody likes nobody wants wants to think about kicking the bucket that's right but um, ultimately it must happen to everyone at some point that's or the true other.
2: that's true and I, I think you're right sir it's a topic that most people don't like talking about people shy away from it but it's it's the the it's life it's it's bound to happen it is happening every second every day even as we're talking here it's happening you know so we have no choice but to see it as the reality um the truth is yes i have a bucket list yes i have things i want to do so it? I, mean? I will tell you we are i will happening. tell yeah. you you want to hear okay <laughs> I will tell you, but I think something more important before I, I roll down the, the list, you know, something more important is um, is. i can hear d- cogs. It's like countdown. Countdown. Ding, 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 <laughs> ding, 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 ding. So, so something more important really is um, bucket list means basically one is life is ending, you know. Nothing is in. There's no vacuum. In this world. When it ends, yes, it's ended in one phase, but it must continue in another phase. The agnostics will
1: not agree with you, neither with the um, atheists.
2: You're right about that. And that is true. And I completely respect every person's views, you know. However, there's the fact that one should recognize that what if, just what if, that's your
1: know? position, but you are a scientist.
2: Yes, <laughs> just what if you need to consider that? Okay, maybe ninety percent. This is this. This may not happen. This is what I believe. You know, but there's that. Even if it's one percent chance, that what if there's another world out there? There is another world. What I if? That. That's right. What if there's another world? What if there's an end? I mean, after this point here on Earth. There is another place. What if there's a real heaven? reckoning. That's right. What if there's a real heaven and there's a real hell? What do we lose at that point? If we're thinking of bucket list, why not prepare for that? Oh, just in case. I'm going out today. British weather is unpredictable. I'll take my coat. Just in case. If it rains. So why not think that way and say just in case? If there is, why not make my peace with God? Why not think... Well, I've enjoyed life, I've done all this. Oh
1: God is just um, a figment of our imagination.
2: It, it may be to some people that that may be for them, that may be true for them. but what if? it's not. What if there's a real God? What if that God is there waiting? There is a real God. What if? Is, I completely there is, know there is a, there real, is a real God. a real God. I completely know that, but for the sake and there's of a my day, 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 of, day reckoning. of reckoning, yes. I completely agree with you, sir. That's what I believe. But for my friends out there that do not believe it, they I want to them believe. to think that what <laughs> if? What do they stand to yeah. lose? You know, Absolutely. agreeing at the last meeting and saying, listen, I've enjoyed my life. I've done this, I've done that, I've not believed of this is. But if at this moment, if I'm thinking that things may end, why not even give it a chance? Why not believe it? Say, if this God actually exists, if this God is okay, what actually do you there.
1: Believe? What
2: do you believe? I believe me. there's a God out there. I believe. Well, not just I believe, I have known he has taken me through this journey of life thus far. So I know, I've had What's a relationship with him. His name is Jehovah. He has multiple names. He has names in everything and I've seen is him it in Jehovah like
1: or is it Yahweh like Daddy Freeze or
2: is or, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Rapha, El Shaddai is, is, a, is all in all.
1: Jewish names
2: aren't they? That's right. But mm-hmm. it can be it, it depends on the relationship, you know, and we see him in various aspects, you see. I, I, I see him as my father, you know, I see him so so I call him different names depending on the situation. And depending on the way things are with me. But he he, he has been a loving father with me in different ways. You know, even when I'm not doing what I should be doing, which we all miss it sometimes, but it's easy for me to go back to him and he accepts me back.
1: We love that. What's on your bucket list,
2: sir? My bucket list. Hmm. Oh, sorry. Before I go back to my bucket list, I just need to say, you know, Um, If we're talking about this, ending it, you know, not ending it, not that I want to end it, but if things are coming to an end, you know, one is I want to know that I'm meeting my maker in a good way, you know, so I want to make my peace with my maker. I want to make sure that my loved ones that I have, one, I spend quality time with them, but two is I made provision for them. So I, for example, have a will. Some people think I'm too young to have a will, but I had a will well, over 10 years ago, actually. Why is it you know,
1: important to have a will?
2: Oh, it is important. It is very important because um, you do not want your things to go the wrong way. One, to go the way you don't want it so you can distribute it the way you so want. Yeah. There's inheritance tax and all these things can be affected, you know, legally. I'm not an accountant and I'm not a legal person. So I don't know, but there are ways that, you know, that can, it can be done properly. Okay, but also I had a patient once uh, whose husband died suddenly, and they, they they were retired. They've got a joint account um, in this country, you know. And unfortunately, he died suddenly. Never did a will, and straight off, all the accounts, everything were frozen. Now, she did not have an individual account. All they had were the retired old couple, just you know enjoying their life. Everything went into the Joint account, and until probate was over, she couldn't do anything. So, all the bills, everything, she couldn't pay them. And the woman told me, Do you have a will? Uh, of course, at that time, I had a will, and she said, If you don't have any one that doesn't have a will, is not a real man because he doesn't love his family. If you love your family, you will provide for them, you will make things available for them. Yeah. If her husband had a the will, then the probate will, I mean, that will be taken um wow. care of you know without her going through all that stress it was bad enough that she had lost her husband and then she had to go through all that stress so yes a will insurance as well you know put things in place life insurance you know even uh, sickness insurance and things like that all those things are good because you are taking care of your loved one even the bible says a man should leave an inheritance, you know, for his children. Um, for his children. So, having said all that, yes, my bucket list.
1: Having said all that. Right.
2: Thank you. One is time permitting. Yes. I want to travel around, you know, cruise around the world.
1: Okay, travel around the world.
2: Yeah, in yes. a cruise. I want to do a job, bungee jumping. Bungee jumping. <laughs> yes, bringing some adrenaline. Have
1: you Have you decided where you would like to jump from?
2: I've been looking at some venues, you know, some very high uh, venues, not even in the UK at all. Thinking of it, I will decide eventually at okay, some point.
1: Jumped before.
2: No, I've so not this, been this brave is, enough. Okay. <laughs> so, so this will be really later. One. That's right. Okay. And hot air balloon is another thing I would love to do. Okay. okay. Right. Among so many
1: other things. Fantastic. Thank you very much for that. You're 16 again how would you live your life differently
2: 16 again in this generation or when i was 16 actually in this time well i mean okay so um right if i was 16 again when i was growing up you know um you know with what i know now you know so many opportunities i had that i wasted you know i probably would not waste them now you know, things I know now would, I, I would probably do things differently. Um, lots of risk I took as a child, you know, as a young person, as a university student, you know. Many things I did, you know, just jump on the bus and travel or even sometimes, sometimes I've spent my travel transport money to school or back from school home and just get on any transport. You see, you know, you each hike on the road. You know, things are different now. They're kidnapping and things like that. I probably would not take all those risks again, you know. Um, things my parents taught me and told me then, you know, at, oh, these old folks and all that. I think now I would um, I would look back and appreciate those things and take advantage of them. Um, well, we didn't have um, all the internet, social media and all those things in my time. Um, so that's something I I. I Wonder how it would look like if I was a youth. Um, so if I was sixteen in this generation, oh, I would have all the social media handles. I would, uh, I would, I would be in town, really. I would be in town. And you probably wouldn't be in bed. Oh, I don't think so. I'll probably be um, Mark Zuckerberg by now. Probably be. <laughs> I'll Fantastic. be T- Tesla boss. Huh?
1: Yeah, Elon Musk. That's right. <laughs> Dr. Liguita, any final thoughts?
2: Right, final thoughts. Okay, so I think um, one thing I would like to say generally to people is um, we should be our best. Put on our best behavior every time. We never know when we'll be our last, you know. Um, And we never know who we're coming across, you know. So try and put in our best in everything we do, Try and do as many things as we can do for people, you know, try and be helpful, try and love people, be good ambassadors wherever you are, whether you're in a private um, um, environment or you're in public, you know, just do things the right way, you know, let's love one another, let's share God's love, let's um, help fellow human beings Um Let's be able to help people, irrespective of um, their race, irrespective of no prejudice at all. You know, do things without discrimination. Let's have a happy world. You know, there will be some negative things here and there, but we should look beyond those things and march forward.
1: Thank you very much, Dr. Adibite. And on that very, very wonderful and inspiring thought provoking note it has been my tremendous pleasure to have had this evening because we're recording this podcast on an evening um dr godwin yomi adibite on this edition of real life with Femi until we come your way again next time please keep listening to the podcast thank you
2: thank you very much
3: for listening to this radio stream from tbs now radio we are based in united kingdom and are a community dedicated to publishing wholesome content for individuals professionals and business people Join us daily for inspirational presentations, divine insights, and real-life interview podcasts. It has been a joy and privilege to have had you drop into the stream with us today. We affirm the belief that every individual is gifted and possesses the ability to make a contribution to the well-being of others. Please join us daily from 6.30 a.m. GMT for the word, music, real-life interviews and inspirational content we look forward to providing your inspirational kickstart to your day tomorrow we are streaming again from the same place at 6 30 a.m gmt tomorrow have a good night from your presentation crew here at tbs now radio